The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today is the 17th of February 2018. Stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because positive is always better than negative. Optimism is always better than pessimism. And we will get into this more and more and more as with what I'm doing out in the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. Um, monster change is just in power rack training alone. And uh, the stone lifting is insane what I'm doing right now. Um, and it all is attributed to not only working the frontal lobe of your brain and the rear lobe and the back of your head, but it's coming into training now that I have never even touched upon in all the years I've been doing rack work and everything. This by far is the most unique stuff I've ever done. And I will show you how this is going to translate into lifting the biggest manhood stones in the world with the idea of getting over there as soon as I can in 2018. Also, too, go out to um, FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Winners and Champions Inc., it's the best program out there for $499. And you're talking 14 modules. They're all recorded with movements that most people have never even heard of, whether it's a high shrug, you know, a dip, a pullover, stone lifting, sandbag lifting. But it's just the mental techniques that I use here that I feel are different than most people. Most people don't really think mentally. They tell you they do, but they don't. They think they're going to go in there and just lift the barbell. You might for a little while, but you will see things change, and you're going to have to figure out how to resurrect whatever you want to do and reach that goal. So that's something you need to look at. Also, go out to our Prosperity Consciousness page. That talks all about not only giving but receiving back. Um, support this show. And be part of this show when you do that. You know, you're investing not only in me, but in your life. And we've done over 800 shows. And I know the feedback I've gotten. And a lot of people have sent money in. But to run this show, it's massive. And if i got to keep going in and out and getting money, getting money, obviously the show is going to suffer. But to me, it's never going to stop. And i got a work ethic that is unstoppable. And you got to work, work, work. And if you're just getting into the sexiness of being an entrepreneur, good luck. You won't last 30 days. So think about that. Go out there. There's a $25, $50, and $100 donation. It goes right into my PayPal account. And obviously, you get a free uh, first module from um, Winners and Champions, Inc. It'd be greater. You really need to have a Dropbox account, too, to do that because each one of those files are... I think I didn't speak any less than 35 minutes per file. And if you need video, I'll do video for you. But it's better to think than just go out and follow video because chances are you're going to get hurt if you've never done these things before. 
Better to learn than just go out and do something and get nothing out of it. Also, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. we got our good friend Mark Boggs on here today. Mark's been on one show, and we're going to bring his son Corbin in with him today because this is what I've been talking about. We're doing fathers and sons. We've got the Manly Men's Movement page out on Fiorella Barbell Co., which you should all be getting involved in. Go out and start a thread. Um, some of the stuff today, John Rockman Johnson was putting out. We were going back and forth. John's been a regular on here, but they're talking just now how young boys, they're like so feminized now. They're the, in schools, they're talking about them like they're little girls. This is unacceptable, but we're going to get back in this. But, you know, people want to know if I was ever going to do this. That was over two years ago. Well, I did it. Douglas Graham, Dr. Wong, and I were the initiators of this whole thing on FBC. Um, be part of it. Don't talk to talk. There's too many talkers out there. Do it. Also, too, join up for uh, sign up for a free newsletter. That goes right to my MailChimp account, and when I put out any type of material, it will go to your inbox uh, in your mail account. Um, I'm trying to think. Also, Fiorella Barbell Company, our YouTube channel, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power, get into that. Um, you know we are a media group now, and we are looking into more and more things. We've had people approach me about having their own shows brought under my banner here. That's something we've got to do a little bit more of with Blueberry, who I'm waiting on, and we're hoping by the end of April to have a live call-in show here. Also, too, right now you can get a personal consultation with me free. If you're in the New York area, upstate New York, come on over here. I'll put you through a free workout. I guarantee you, you'll stay here forever. It is that good, and I'm sure a lot of the stuff I do you haven't seen before or even done. That's another thing. But if you're not in New York, call. We can connect through Skype, and it's just as good that way because I can do it that way too. Nothing is unstu- Nothing cannot be done. Also, advertise on motivation and muscle. That's a new thing that we've just started here. Um, the link, it's not LinkedIn. You'll see at the bottom of M&M what it looks like. Uh, I'm working. I should have it all written up by the end of the weekend. But if you would like to contact me now, besides even having that link there with the pricing, I'd much rather speak to you. You can contact me at 518-894-4450, and we can work out something. And hopefully uh, you'd want to be connected with us for the next 30 years. Well, as I said, we've got Mark Boggs coming in here momentarily, but I want to give you a little info on this gentleman. And like I said, we do have his son Corbin coming in. This is the second installment of uh, Fathers and Sons. Um, This is very important, I believe, to the growth not only of the company, but to the growth of men, sons, young men out there that are very lost. Maybe they don't have a father. Um, this is why the Manly Men's Movement is up. We are going to take the world like we are with this show. Uh, let me give you a little bit on Mark. Number one, he's a father of two, a former kettlebell lifter, power lifter, and student of the power rack training, which um, we got into on the first introduction show, and maybe we'll hit that too. But I want to first welcome Mark back to the show. It's always an honor. Eric, great to be here. Um... Corbin and I, you know, we've just been training the last uh, month or so since we last talked, getting ready for our own respective uh, competitions. Okay. So you mentioned I'm a father of two. That's uh, 
probably the greatest thing I'm proud of, or probably my greatest source of pride. I've raised both of my sons to, uh, you know, to find something that they're passionate about and to pursue that to the best of their abilities. My oldest son, Cameron, is a musician, and he pursues that just as, you know, ardently as my youngest son, Corbin, here pursues lifting. They've, they've taken different paths, but they both have their passions, and I'm very proud of them uh, for that. Uh, Corbin, you know, he's been lifting with me now for uh, several years, and he always kind of had that interest in, in wanting to lift. I never pushed him into it. Uh, but but let him make the decision. I thought, you know, if he wanted to do it, he would do it, and he certainly, you know, has has taken to it very well. But uh, but proud of both of them, and and they've both been a, a source of great uh, pride and inspiration in my life. Beautiful, Corbin. Welcome to Motivation Muscle. Welcome to our family because this is very important. Um, we're very big on that, and we want to bring in young men, young women like we are now, and the fathers and sons, and we'd bring fathers and daughters if they're into some type of training, but right now we're really concentrating on us as men, and we never apologize for being men, so why don't you tell our audience, our family, a little bit about yourself, um, your age, what you like to do, etc., etc., we know powerlifting, and then we'll get the show started. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I'm 23 years old, and I've been powerlifting since I was about 16 years old. And um, I hope one day to open up a gym with my dad here. So yeah, that's, that's what I plan to do. good. Yeah, we've already we've already got a home gym, and uh, that could really rival a lot of uh, a lot of commercial gyms. And you know, I remember uh, the day that Corbin told me he wanted to lift. We're we had an old beat-up pickup truck, and we were heading over to my dad's house to remove some trees and whatnot. And we're just driving over, and out of nowhere, Corbin goes, Hey, Dad, would you care if, uh, if I started lifting with you? I said, No, not at all. And that was it. That From there on in, it, he was, you know, he was full steam ahead, and you know, we started competing together and uh, you know, traveling around and doing competitions together, and he was, he was all in from... From that moment forward, well, yeah. Started. I the started whole- when I was like twelve years old or so. Yep. Uh, I, I did a little bit of lifting with him because he was training at like at, at Westside Barbell, and I would go there with him every now and then. And Louie taught me how to squat that one that one day because I was playing football. So yep. Well, let and me then I, go ahead. I didn't really too much of it. Sorry. All right, that's all right. Well, let me ask you this. Obviously. This has inherently been in your family, so mm-hmm. you saw your father doing all this stuff. But what was it that finally got you interested enough where you said, you know, obviously you, you said to your father, you know, would you bother if I lifted? But what was it through your formative years, if you can really think back, what was it that got you so interested? Was it Did you just want to follow in your dad's footsteps, or was it just the sound of the plates hitting the floor? What, what what really rang your bell to come out of the gate to want to become a lifter? All of it, really. Just uh, I think I, I was kind of like a chubby kid when I was younger, so I wanted to get leaner and bigger yep. as I got older. So I think that was the main thing. But You well, achieved that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and that's the thing. But, Mark, you know, we also live in an age now that really – 
is not promoting masculinity anymore. Right. It's it's more of we're we're living in a time. If you listen to to the ex, quote unquote experts out there, is you, you know you don't hunt and gather anymore. You don't you know it's not like you're rescuing people anymore, and it's not. You know, you don't have to be strong to survive in today's world. Basically, all you got to do is no technology and you're all set, which is fine. But anybody that's never experienced strength has no clue to what being strong is all about. So, as, a, as obviously as a father and a man that's been around kids, what, what is it right now that you feel, if you had to put your finger on it, where are kids lacking more now than ever, in your uh, opinion? Well, that's a. I think we could probably devote an entire podcast to that. Oh yeah. I think that um, I, I think that people are just being inundated from you know the commercials and the television shows and the movies that you see on TV, where it, it's hard a lot of times to see a strong male uh, role model in these. A lot of times, you know, the man is, you know, is portrayed as being kind of a bumbling idiot. Exactly. Um, it, it's it's tough to see that, unfortunately. And I, I think that's a lot of it. And, you know, just dealing with, with individual sons, I, I think one of the things with Corbin was, I've always been really, really passionate about this. And I think that people are attracted to passion. Yep. When they see when they see that passion in you, they people want to be part of that. People want to, you know, kind of partake in that. In a couple of weeks here, you know, we have the Arnold Classic coming up. And mm-hmm. One of the great things is to go and just, you know, just be in the midst of all that. Be in, be in the midst of all those people that are, are so passionate about what they're doing, what, whatever their strength sport is, whether it's Olympic lifting or strongman or, you know, powerlifting. But I, I think that... Um, I think that there's really a lack of lack of that passion in the world, and unfortunately, a lack of really you know positive you know strong male role models. And I think it's coming back though. I think I think that more and more people are becoming aware of that, and um, and, I, and I think people are. I think things are starting to the you know the pendulum is starting to swing back the other way. No, I agree to I I do agree to that in some points. I think right now. We, we are at a major crossroads, and I'm going to ask Corbin this question momentarily, but this is this is a big thing right now. This is why I think not only is this show becoming more and more prevalent as people are starting to find out, because the way we do things is through our experiences. We are men. Uh, we're not perfect by any means, but the majority of men that are, and the women too, because I had Kara Shaw on the other night. Um, Kara, there's a good chance she's going to go after both Denny's. And I mean, Kara is not a big girl at all. If anyone doesn't know who she is, her and Andrew Carney are a couple. And Andrew is probably, he's got to be the one, two top stone lifter probably in the world. And we talked about so many things. And She's of agreement. I mean, she talks about where is the leadership? Where are the men? You know, women, contrary to what we've been told, don't really dig guys that can wear their uh, sister's uh, jeans. Okay? Seriously. Um, And the thing which has been twisted all over the place is if you're a weightlifter, you show any sense of strength or manliness, you're a bully. 
word that is way overused and there would be a lot less bullying if men train their sons that, hey, there's a time to be a nice guy and there's a time when you are not going to be a nice guy. And I've seen it. I've been part of it. There was one guy when I was a kid that was much older than me that used to screw with me all the time. And I told people one day, I grabbed this dude by his ears and I was beating his head right into a stucco house. And if they didn't get my father, I would have killed him. Literally. Because all that rage blew out of me to a point where this guy used to pick on... He was four years older than me and he used to pick on all the kids in the neighborhood. And one day... He picked on me, and I just got the upper hand on him, and I got him. And that's the thing that's going on. There's got to be a point in everybody's life where enough is enough. And if you train, and your daughters too, there comes a point when you ask and ask, and when you don't stop, it has to end one way or the other. And this is what's been lost. This is why we see all these curriculums at school, this, that, and the other thing. You know what it is? The best trainers and teachers, if you have the, the, the parents, are your parents, not the school moms and everybody else, okay? That's where that comes from. And then last but not least is this. I feel with not only the manly men's movement, we're going to strike a chord. We already are out there. I got, I got some notes from people this morning through Facebook that said, we love the idea of this. I said, well, I'm glad, but you got to get involved. You got to go out and start threads, send video. I don't want any trash talk or anything like that because we have so many young kids now starting to listen to this show. I want to be a role model for them. I want them to get a hold of a gentleman like you or myself or anybody here and say, hey, look, I don't know what to do. I don't have a dime to my name. Can you help me? I don't care if I got a dime to my name. You know, it's going to be yes, yes, yes. Corbin, this is a question, and you can comment on anything I just talked about. But I want to ask you this as a 23-year-old young man. Yeah. You've been around enough guys your age, younger, and all that. Do, uh, do you see a demise of a lot of younger men the way I'm talking? Or is this just something that I've only seen and a lot of other people... Well, I can tell you a lot of other people have said it. But I'm talking to you as a 23, 23-year-old man. What do you see around you, and have you experienced a lot of these guys that have that I-don't-really-care attitude, it doesn't mean anything to, to lead to be a man? What What is your take on everything I just said? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot like social media and, and the Internet that's doing all that. Yep. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I see that too, but there's also people who just – they, they take leadership roles uh, and they're men, but, like, they also they don't feel as if they're alpha men. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the one thing I've, I've always... You were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, strength and bullying. The one thing I've always felt very strongly about is that having, uh, you know, being involved in this and having an amount of strength, it's, it's not just, you know, something we do for fun and enjoyment but it's a responsibility that once you have it you know mm-hmm. you it, you know you you know you're you are that person who is you know kind of not only a protector but somebody who's um you know i always told corbin i said listen if i ever find out you know you, you're getting big and bigger and stronger than everybody else and you're bullying people then it's all over right you know? right no more 
But by the same token, you know, you got to stand up for what's right. And, you know, when you see things that aren't right, you know, just as you have the responsibility to be kind to others, you also have the responsibility to protect as well, I think. Yep. You know, when, when you have that opportunity and to do what's right. And um, I think that that, you know, mentality a lot of times is, is, is lacking. Oh, I agree. And I think leadership is, is fully misunderstood now. I mean, you made a comment which is very true about you look at commercials if you're watching TV and you see the males are always buffoons now, always. Yeah. Uh, the women are always the ones now that know how to do everything, you know, the, the look, this and that. And this is media. This is, you know, this is not really what's, uh, maybe in some points of the world it is. For instance, I, I'm a, um, people have heard me say, I go out, I, whether I know people or not, a lot of times I will approach people and just say, how are you doing today? A lot of times people look at you like you got 15 heads because they're not even used to people with any type of approach of, hello, how are you today? They like, uh, all right, or maybe some just get startled. But I'm a guy that still likes to talk to people. That's what I do for a living. Um, And you hear the different ifs, that's, and buts, and this and that and the other thing. And I saw this guy yesterday, you know. He's with his wife, and there he is walking like four steps behind her, uh, texting somebody. And I met him a couple times in the store. Same way, you know, he looked like the role of a little boy that was following his mommy. All right? Now, this is where I think people misunderstand me at times. A strong man is a guy that, to me, can deal with anything, all right? But the last thing I'm going to do is follow my girlfriend around like a puppy. I don't do that. All right? I'll walk with her, uh, but that's it. That's where I draw the line. I'm not going to follow her unless we're in such a um, tight space area where we've got to be one, two behind each other. I got it. All right? But out in the real world, I don't follow anybody. You know, we're to, we either walk together or we don't. Now... This is a thing that, you know, it's like anything. You know, we talk about repetition, repetition, repetition here. If you're told enough that you're not a leader, if you're told enough that, you know, you don't have to be strong in the world anymore, if you're told enough that due to the way your behavior and other men has been, you know, this is why we're where we are, and you get a lifetime of that, where do you think you're going to be and what do you think you're going to do and how many times when you know that you can do a job better you're going to step back and why because you don't want to be criticized all right to me if you're like that then you don't belong on this show and you don't belong involved here because if you don't want to break that within you then you're going to be up for a lifetime of a lot of disappointment and heartache. But I can tell you this, I've been around enough, I've seen enough, you know, it's really amazing what people can get used to. And when you're on the outside looking in, I'm saying to myself, why? How? I, and and this, is, this is a misconception of everything. They're like, well, you know, all you do is lift big weights and stones and this. I got news for you. You ought to come back with me and just go out and just lift weights and lift stones if you could even muster up the balls to walk out in my yard with me that'd be a big thing right there to get into what i do you have no clue none 
You couldn't do it, I guarantee you, as much as I would try to help you move stuff. It wouldn't happen because you don't have, as I say, that strength resolve. That is building the inside out, not the outside in. And this is where so much of this stuff falls short and people don't get it. This is why, you know, you're called, what? who cares about masculinity? You know, you're a bully. You're this or that. You know what? You can throw as many words like that at me and I'll laugh at you. I'll laugh. All right, Corbin, this is the question, and we'll go right to your dad. You just heard what I said, obviously, and there's a, a, a lot of stuff sitting in there on, on the plate to listen to. I mean, what is your feeling? I mean, you know, do you have to be masculine in the world? Do you feel? I mean, you're powerlifting. you got to believe in masculinity a little bit. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but I can't believe you're just going out there and doing it for the hell of it. And you've got to have some deep beliefs of what, all this physical culture is this whole movement this is this is a lifestyle this isn't a 90 day feed me program that's going to take me from a 240 slob down to you know 140 pounds in 90 days anybody that thinks that you don't even belong thinking about it but go ahead comment on any of that stuff yeah i mean personally i believe like masculinity is very important to me but you know like it's just personal preference, you know, for some, like some other people. I mean, you know, like, um, it's not what like, I, yeah, what I, do all right, is, well, Mark, what, let, what I, let me just interject for one second. I got the deal that it's not for everybody. What we do, this is where the rub is with me. All right. You don't have to be a power lifter. You don't have to work out in the, in the power rack. You don't have to go to Iceland and lift 418 pound stones, but you do, and I'm going to repeat this again, but you do have the responsibility, as your dad said prior to this, to go out and be strong. Because let me tell you something, my friend. If you don't have health, all right, health is paramount, number one. And that all comes from what we love to do. If you don't have health, you're not powerlifting, you're not stone lifting, you're not going to have a girlfriend that's going to stick around with you very long, you're not going to be able to hold a job. All right. If you're married, how the hell are you going to earn for your family? Love your wife, love your kids, vice versa. That's my point with this. They don't. This is where people have the wrong idea. It's not about doing what we do. If you want to do that, hop on board. I'm more than happy to have you. But the thing is, strength is a mental thing. That's why I call it physical culture. It, it, and if you don't have the strength to even be able to bend over and pick up a bag of groceries, you're in trouble. All right, but yeah. we'll come back to that. Mark replied yeah, to any of that. What I've noticed with Corbin, and he may not even realize it because he started when he was much much younger, but he is different than a lot of the other kids that are his age. Mm-hmm. He. You know, he started off with this work ethic of doing that. And, you know, initially it was, you know, just to get himself bigger and stronger. He wanted to compete. He wanted to lift more than anybody else. But I don't, I don't even know if he really realizes that what he's done is he's built himself up from the inside out more than even, you know, from the outside. Right. And, you know, while his friends are out doing this or doing that, you know, he's thinking, okay, I need to do this, this, and this in order to hit these goals. And I can see it. Um, it has kind of gone into 
a lot of different phases in his life. He's more mature than I think a lot of the other kids that are, you know, maybe a lot of his other, you know, peers or, or whatever. And, uh, it's the self-discipline and the motivation has, has carried over. And I think it's, it's made him a better person, a stronger person from the inside out. And I think really at the core of it, you know, that's what a lot of, you know, masculinity is about is doing is recognizing what needs to be done Mm -hmm. and going out and doing it and take care of taking care of it, taking care of the people that are around you, you know, taking that responsibility, not only for yourself, but for others around you. No, I I agree with you. Um, we, and let's, let's get into a little bit here. Uh, Corbin, what, uh, obviously we know you do the three lifts. Do you have a favorite out of the three lifts that you feel you, you really excel at? Uh, I used to excel more at the deadlift, but ever since I kind of tweaked my lower back, uh, I'd probably say a squat now. Nice. Um, let me, let me, let me ask you this too. And we're going to get in a little bit more. We know you got contests and stuff. Um, 23 year old male. Yeah. Guys are young kids. There's going to be guys your age. There's going to be guys out there all over. You're going to be all over the planet, my friend. We're in Italy and Brazil now too. Um, tell 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 the younger men out there, especially what I, we know that your father was the example. But I want you now to tell me at 23 why and how have you changed about your lifting? What what is it? Tell. Lay it out there. If if I had you on stage with me in front of ten thousand people right now, and everybody was out there, every age from six years old, maybe younger to eighty five, mm-hmm. tell everybody how this is. Ch- I want you to put powerlifting in your voice now and your perspective as a guy that's been doing it for what seven years. Put it out there and tell everybody what you feel it is to you. Well, I think that you got to really enjoy the process of training. So if you don't enjoy it at all, then it, you're not going to succeed at it. You're just going to quit. Mm-hmm. So I think you really got to enjoy the training and, the, and uh, like figure out a program that, that works best for you and, and uh, stick to it. Just be consistent about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the thing is, see, what you're saying there is very simple. All right, yeah. and that's the way we should keep things very simple, very uncomplicated, um, and really bring people in. But you know, I don't know if you've discovered yet, but I've discovered this for many years now. It, it's it's amazing to me how people don't understand simplicity. It right. goes with your training too. You know, we talk about the three major lifts, or I'll talk four because I love overhead among many things okay and when you talk mm-hmm. like that most people for some reason they have a hard time latching on to it now if i told you to do a five-hour workout five times a week you'd probably pay me everything you had i don't understand it but i i i see i see the point of it because there have been so many poor teachings out there from so many people and right. and it's like everything people it's i talked about repetition there it becomes habitual how do you feel 
How could you get your message? Well, first of all, tell everybody how many days a week you are training. Um, you're getting ready, I know, for a meet. Let's talk about your prep for that, and we'll bring your dad in momentarily too. But but sell me. Tell me that I don't need five days a week, five hours of training. Pretend I'm a guy that's contacted you. I'm interested in what you're doing. Sell me and make me want to come on with you and your program. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm training about four days a week. Okay. Maybe, maybe sometimes three because I have so much volume in my training that you don't need all these hours and days to put in. If you, you need you, the recovery time. Yeah, you need the recovery time. That's, mm-hmm. that's really, that's like, I'd say like 60, 70%, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of your, um, of the work, you know? Yep. But, uh, is it the, I mean, do you feel, I mean, obviously you put together a good program. What is it you got to have? I mean, the, 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 the words of the day is always going to be hard work, but it's not only the hard work. It's like you have to be a very intuitive person that's going to have the ability to shift gears in case something just went awry on you. Or like your father just said, recovery, but we also know recovery might mean whether it's taking 10 days off because you haven't taken any time off in three years, say, or maybe, you know, one thing that people just are have a hard time with is this. Sometimes you don't recover in two or three days. Maybe you need four days to do it. And rather than give themselves another 24 hours, they'll go out and push it, and then you got problems. Mark, comment on any of that. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, when I first started, I was training six days a week because that's the way Arnold trained, right? Yeah, me too. Yep. That's what you always read. I was training six days a week going absolutely nowhere. Yep. And uh, then, you know, going back to fathers and sons, I went away to college and I bought an old York set and my dad made me, you know, a homemade bench and a homemade set of squat racks. I took to college and my roommate and I trained in our dorm room. Yep. And uh, the only thing we really had the equipment or the room for is just these squats, benches, and deadlifts. We did it three days a week. I gained 40 pounds my first semester. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I made better gains now than I did, you know, in all these years training six days a week. I thought maybe there's something to this. And so, but, you know, one, one of the things I really noticed, and, you know, going back to, you know, Corbin and, and what drives him and myself, and I think – you've really got to think about it for a while to really realize what it is that you love about this. And for me, it's always been the never ending setting and achievement of goals. You know, no matter what you do, there's always another goal. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you lift a certain stone. There's always a bigger one. You lift a certain amount of weight. There's always more weight and it's it's just relentless and some people might look at that and feel overwhelmed but i think this is where it really builds that kind of intestinal fortitude and that discipline and that drive and that you know need to always you know achieve greater heights and to do more mm-hmm. is that there's you can always once you hit that goal it's satisfying for about 5 minutes and then you're thinking okay now what and it, it just never ends, and then that drives you enormously, or at least it's always driven me, and I think it's always driven Corbin as well, because it's a never-ending, you know, it's, it's a it's a beast that's never completely fed. 
No, I, I totally agree. I mean, um, you got to be a, a very special type of individual to do this, and I'll explain this in, in detail here. Is this, you made a perfect comment about it's always like the next, what's the next gig we're going to do, the next journey, the next, the next thing that we're just hungry for, because that's how a real lifter's mind works. It seems like it's always reaching and grasping for something new. Never wanting to sit still, never wanting to just rest and say, well, I did that, I don't need to do anymore. That's not how um, I believe any true lifter is built. It's like you're just not going to stop until the day they plant you in the earth, literally, because that's how, that's how we are wired. You know, when I talk about all the rewiring I'm doing with myself mentally, uh, that's no joke. I mean, I am going after things that have been deeply in me for tens, twenties of years. Um, and at times it can be very unpleasant to bring all those things up that need to go bye-bye because you cannot get better until you can override anything that that basically comes to the surface on you because I'm telling you right now, if you can start thinking in that way, you're going to find better and better things happening to you. You can never get rid of every negative thing that's ever been in your life fully, but the majority of it you can, the way you talk to yourself, writing things out, putting vision boards together. There's so many things that you can do. Now, I said this, and, I, and I'll get both back to you both momentarily. Um, you know, I talk about Anthony DeTillo. I talk about John McKean, who I'm working on with, with these mashing middies. And, of course, Steve Jack, who I didn't read his um, little story in Milo, but we will at the end of the show because um, – it's not. It's getting out there more and more, and I've known it for quite a while because I've spoke to Steve. We used to be on here quite a bit. Um, Steve is in very bad health right now. Um, very, very, very bad. Um, and he asked me to, you know, remember him to people and to pray for him. Um, and Steve, if I didn't see Steve in '94 on the video that he did going to Iceland. I don't know if I would ever have picked a stone up. I have no idea. I can't tell you because I did it, and I've been there twice. Um, But these people, I I, I did a show on my own called Fortitude for Attitude, and I thanked these three men. And the thing we've been doing with John here for the last ten weeks now is called, I call it Mashing Middies. Training in the middle of the power rack, which I've done through the years, but never consistently all the time. And the midpoint of the rack is the hardest point of the rack to get anything done because everything I'm doing is putting you in a, in a deficit of leverage everywhere. And the things I'm doing are very unkind, and I've had to drop especially my squat down over 200 pounds, which for most people they could never do it. Well, i got to go out tomorrow. Um, I do. You only do two rounds of anything with this stuff. So think about the warm up you got to have to go in and start with your squat at almost. Well, probably I open up with about ninety or eighty five percent, and then go right to a ninety five to ninety seven percent for the day. Um, the big one the other day with a five second isometric hold against the second set of rods was four hundred seventy two pounds. 
Try that sometime and see if that won't split your manhood in half. Um, I opened at 418 and 472. We go up five pounds, whether I do it twice a week or once. Um, so 477. We're getting to the point where I'm going to be opening soon at 500 pounds. And the goal is, now this is only two inches up from my parallel too, but it puts you in such a different spot that... 700 pounds will be at that point, if not more. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I feel this is going to put my stone lifting right over the top. And I'll give you one, I'll give you two reasons I'll give it right to you because this is real interesting because I don't do anything by theory. When Kara Shaw was on here the other night, obviously everybody knows uh, Andrew Carney is um, her boyfriend. Andrew's an unbelievable stone lifter among everything else, power lifter, you name it. And she said a very interesting thing to me that I've been doing a lot of as of late is he concentrates mainly on his lifts to lift stones. We're not talking stone lifting. He does very little of that. And if you've seen the stones, you should go out and Google Andrew Carney. Um, unbelievable. And the stuff he's put overhead is unbelievable friggin believable now i'm gonna this will be the last part of it i could go on forever about it is this you gotta have balls to the wall confidence to be able to lift weights especially when you're going in meets and you want to win i don't care what anybody tells you you want to win all right well it takes a lot of thought to get into that rack and move weights of this size even though you're not anywhere near where you should be right now but you will, and you will bypass that. That's how interesting this stuff is. All right, here's yeah. a, here's the deal, quickly. When I'm in there training, I don't even think about it anymore. All I do is go in, load the plates. I know it. I've already thought about it the night before. I get in there, and I have three people with me in there all the time in spirit. Anthony Dottillo, John McKean, and Steve Jack. And I will literally be screaming at them when I'm training. If you heard me out in the street and people have, it sounds like there's bloody murder going on in there. Now, I know now because I don't care. If I miss the lift, I will get it next time. I've only missed once. And I came back the second time and murdered it. What I'm saying is we talk about rewiring. We talk about ways to make you the best I think I have found at the midpoint of the rack something that I don't think anyone other than John has discovered. And John says that I've never even talked to anybody doing the things you're doing. And John lives in Ohio, I believe, too. John McKean, my childhood hero, is going to come here and train with me this summer. He's so damn impressed. Tom, um, Mark, I want you to comment... You know, and I want to get right to Corbin. I want to hear yeah. what he thinks of this, and then I want to talk about his meet with him, and we'll go back and forth. So take it away. Well, As a student of the rack, hit it. Well, I tell you, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the midpoint. For me, I always, um, one of the biggest influences I had on it was uh, Walter Thomas. Okay. You know, the great power lifter, yep. and, from, and his book he outlined, you know, for squatting and deadlifting, three positions from the top up yep. and then in that mid-range, that sweet spot that you're talking about, and then the lower portion. Yep. What I always found throughout the years, and also 
the whole, you know, theory of maximum uh, fatigue that Datilla wrote about, you know, from the Whitehead and uh, Terry Todd study. Yep. Um, it always seemed to be that midpoint where I got the best gains. I, it was the most brutally hard. I mean, anybody can, you know, take heavy, not anybody, but I mean, it's a lot easier to lock out, you know, heavy reps at the top than it is to get yourself down into an extremely uncomfortable and unstable position. Yep. Sometimes, you know, you try to push up on that bar, and it's just not going. Nope. And you push and push, and eventually it breaks, and it feels like it's got everything inside you just to get it up and touch those top pins. Yep. And I always noticed from those... Those those were the most brutally hard things. I mean, to the point where sometimes you know I would get, you know, around my eyelids and around my face, you get all these like busted out capillaries. Oh yeah, yep. Just from from all the pressure, that's when you. And sometimes you know when I was younger, I'd look at that and think, yeah, I really did something. Yeah, yep, yep, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, but that was always to me. It seemed too to be to be the sweet spot, and you know, I'm really interested to learn. You know. Um, what you're doing on that as well. And that's going to be exciting to find that out. Um, you know, one other thing you had mentioned a little bit before, and I think it's incredibly important when we were talking about goals was, you know, you set these goals and you go after them and it's not just the constant driving to hit the next goal. It's what you learn from it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that Corbin's done this extensively and he's, he's got, he's very intuitive. He's got a real great mind on this and, when, when you know, you hit a goal or, or if you don't hit a goal, you know, to have the ability to come back and say, okay, now what did I do wrong here? What what didn't work out properly and what did work out properly? And to me, that's one of the biggest life lessons you carry forward is, you know, in life, you're always trying to achieve something. You're yep. trying to do something. And it's that ability to, you know, to have some retrospect and to go back and think, Okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? How can I do this better going forward? That carries through with you in everything in life. But um, that's that's just an aside. But I tell you, the the rack stuff, the, the midpoints. I think you're right on. Mm-hmm. Um, I I noticed that. Boy, I remember when I first started doing those on the squat. My legs just blew up from hitting that mid range, and it really took off when when you add that you know, isometric hold at the end of it. Not just a hold, but trying to push it through those pins like you're trying to rip the rack out of the ground or you're trying to bend the pins. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not, it, to me, it's, and I've heard, I think, at maybe Adam Glass or John Bruni in some of your past podcasts talk about it. It's not enough to just hold it against that pin. And as you say, you know, you want to bend it, dent it, or destroy it. You know, yep. you, that's what you have to think of. You have to, if you got that rack bolded, I try to think of pulling the rack up out of the ground. I agree totally. Um, I, I think uh, I've even done, I've used different positions in the rack with people that were heavy and wanted to lose weight. You'd be amazed of how I can take and start shredding fat off muscles the way I run it in a rack. That's why, you know, when I talk about, call me. I'll give you a free consultation. I'm not going to give you all that information. I'd like you to come here and train. Um, but I'll tell you right now, the rack, in my opinion, besides the barbell, is the greatest inventions in the world, without a doubt. Let me, let me ask you something. In your opinion, physiologically, what is it that causes that fat loss when you're 
when you're doing that type of rack work? I know I have my feeling, but um, I, I'll tell you right now, it's the idea we talked. You talked about you want to rip the rack out of the ground, but what I do is. It's a psychological thing that starts taking place in these individuals. See, before I load them in the rack, they're going to learn how to use their body weight fully. Then they're going to learn how to use a sandbag in a way which will start the adventure. And then, gradually, I'm going to bring them into the rack. And what I feel is this. Once they're, we, you know, we everyone's a different individual. But let's just say they're fairly flexible at that point. We've now started to build the mental target. As we always talk about here is when I talk from the inside out. We talk about, you know, if you look at some of my videos, you'll see what I talk about. It's called Strength Resolve. And when you see Strength Resolve and you've seen the diagram I've drawn, it's a big circle which would be your center. And it branches out like an octopus to your will, your end result, etc., etc., that's how I take and start to bring them up to where we want to go. We got to start thinking this way now. So we change their perspective. Now we're at that point where we can start combining some movements. I might only put them in one spot. I usually will start them at the top because I'm not going to start them down at a parallel because obviously they're not ready for this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's hard position to get in. Too hard position, especially if you're heavy. Um, but when you start them at the top, and I'll be honest with you, I only have them travel two inches to the other set of rods, which is you could probably, my fingers are big enough where I might be able to get it in between the bar and the other rod, and that's as far as it can go. The idea here is is to take one, we, we, we obviously start them with an empty uh, buffalo bar I use usually, and we pin the thing. And it might be only a three-second to a five-second pin initially, and that's it for the day. What that starts to do as we start to build upon the rack, and once we get down to midpoint, or I start shoving, um, you know, plywood under them, whether it's eighth inch, half inch, quarter inch, we start to change the height, the, the, the dimension of the lift. You'll start seeing what's happening. We'll always start with the squat because metabolically, either that or it'd have to be a trap bar. But they're not ready at that point for all that stuff. So the squat's going to be the easiest one in respect to if they don't have anything going on with their shoulders. It's not hard to learn how to grip, hold the bar, and push your body weight up against another set of rods. And we do it like that. What I found as I got them moving more and more with a rack or the or and the other uh, movements we were doing prior to it is it starts to you know look at just look at yourself or myself right if I go out and just keep my calories the way they are or drop them down you're going to start seeing a harder and harder muscle take place and I'm to the point with some some days. I mean, I weigh 301 pounds. I'm not a lightweight at all. But I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at my forearm and my arm right now. I've got tendons and stuff bulging out of my skin right now. I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting here talking to you. This is what this stuff does. And when you can get this approach in with people who will buy in with weight loss, um, I I did it with Dennis twice. I mean, I took him literally and shredded him down from like 273 
I think down to it was down to 218 and then we brought him down to 208 and he was too tall and he was too damn lean we brought him back up he was fine the second time I think I brought him from 268 down to I want to say 228 he was fine because he already had one other experience the third time he got so far he had a kid and that was the end of him so the power rack, among many other things, can really, really take your tissue and metabolically turn you into whatever you want to be. But like it's anything, Mark, it's not a 90-day program. I mean, he was here for a couple years the first time, all right? Yeah. But, my God, go ahead, take it. But I'll tell you this, you can see such a change in their bodies, man, and, you know, the muscle's been hiding there for who knows how many years, and suddenly they see it, and it's like, oh, my God, I never even knew it was there under all that body fat. All right, take it away. Yeah, yeah. I look back on, on my past, and there were the days when I didn't do it. I, I made good progress, you know, without it. But I know once I started, that's where things really took a sharp upturn. Yep. And it was to the point where even over years, like if I would get away from it for a period of time, I could always come back. And it built a lot of strength that just never seemed to leave. No, no. It doesn't and, leave. Yeah, it's it's it worked like really nothing else. And I know when I do it, you know, like sometimes you look at it and you think, how can that really work? You're not moving it very far. But you come out from under that bar after having done a really heavy set, either at the top or in the middle, and you think, that's the hardest work I've ever done. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, because it takes on everything from top to bottom. Yeah. Um um, Corbin, I didn't mean to leave you off for so long, but let, let, let's let's um, let's talk about the meet that you got coming up. Let's talk about what you're doing to get ready for it, and let's hear uh, your perspective that you're going to go in there and basically set the place on fire. So take it away. Uh, I've been training about four times a week. Uh, my friend Jake, he's doing my programming for me. So okay. Uh, it's working pretty well so far. It's, it's a kind of RPE based, but uh, I figured like after I do the meet, I would start doing rack training because I've never done it before. Uh-huh. So I figured, I figured I'd start doing it after the meet, you know? Yeah, he's always been focused primarily on working the competition lifts, yeah. getting ready for a competition. Okay. Well, uh, when, when is your meet? Tell me when the meet is. Tell everybody out there. It's May 12th. Okay. And what, divi- what division are you in? I'm at a 110 kilos, so it's okay. 42. Yep. Uh, I'm still a junior, technically, but yep. I think by the time that rolls in, I'll uh, I'll just be a senior. You'll be in the open division with yeah. the big boys. Okay. Well, what, tell me, tell everybody this. Uh, what are your goals for the three lifts? Uh, for this meet, I hope to squat at least 545, uh, bench around 350. Okay. And then deadlift at least uh, six. Nice, very nice. Um, he should be hitting six thirty, six forty by then, I think, because he's hit six seventeen at nationals about a year and a half ago. Okay, well, hey, there's always room for improvement. Right. Um, do you know? Do you know what competition is coming in at you, or is this all going to be a big surprise? Uh, it's all going to be a big surprise. Okay, so you got to go ahead. Yeah, he was talking about his goal right now. This is a raw meet. He's trying to 
qualify for the Raw Nationals. Nice. Very nice. Dell Raw Nationals. Yep. I think that's, you know, that is the way to go. Um, I don't know if you listen to the last few shows I've done with Bill Crawford. Um, You know, he's got his son, the next-door neighbor, and I don't know how many others. He's got a young, very young group of young men, and they're called Full Sturker. If you listen to these shows and you love stones in Iceland, when you grab that 418-pound stone and get around that sheep pen at 50 meters mm-hmm. and put it on the ground, you're full Sturker in Icelandic, which is fully strong. Um, Bill talks about the team full Sturker and how these kids were absolutely amazed at the lifts they did because they never expected to be moving this stuff or pulling this stuff. And this is the point. This stuff is so magical in the way you can do it, in the way you perform it, in the way you think it, that I just don't understand why more people, especially younger men, why aren't you guys out there? Where are you? Uh, Come join us. Let's get into this. Let's get your life changed forever. That's what I think. When you think about this stuff, Corbin, and and I don't know how deeply you think about it, but we think very deeply here. Do you ever sit back and think like, you know, I'm a hell of a lucky guy for what I'm doing here and what I'm learning not only in the arena but from my father, and now you're telling me you want to do rack work, and I'll, I'll brace you for it. You do six months of rack work and go enter a powerlifting meet again, you'll excel Mm -hmm. every lift you've done by far. I can't can't promise you 100 pounds over this, that, or the other thing. You will be amazed at maybe what you struggled with in the past. You will absolutely break it off the ground, push it off you, you know, or if you go overhead, it'll sail over your head. I'm telling you right now, if you pay attention to this power rack work and you eat because it's going to make you eat like a madman and you recover and I'm telling you right now you will be thoroughly amazed of the athlete you'll become and you will never think the same again comment on any of that yeah I, I totally agree um, like speaking of like the strong man with uh, log press and, yeah. and stones when I used to do that in the past, I haven't done it in a, in a while, um, but I feel like that made my training a lot better. I was like stronger than I ever have been. Yep. Incorporating strongman stuff into my powerlifting program. Yep. So I, I think after this training cycle that I'm going to start doing that with my training. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, uh, you, you need to go out and listen to the show I just put up recently um, with Mark Haydock. He's from the UK, Scotland. Mm-hmm. He's going to go for the record. Uh, I don't know if anybody's done it fully since Donald Denny with the Denny Stones. Now, you're talking, I don't know if you've ever seen Denny's. They're, you know, they're drilled out with a chain in the ring, and it is one of the biggest lifts ever. Um, and we're talking probably mid-sevens between the two stones. This guy is going to walk them. There's a certain distance to walk them over the bridge and back, and I believe Mark will do it. Now, Mark, I think, might be mid-twos, maybe a little less, and we got into this last weekend with him with grip work. He's still, and he's incredible. I mean, he's a big trap guy proponent because he feels of the work from head to toe with it, but he's a monster rack worker with it. I mean, this guy's pulled 
without straps, and I think it's may I, I think it's about uh, I want to say maybe ten inches, let's say ten to twelve inches from the starting pin in his rack. This guy's pulled over 500 kilos with a trap bar with no straps. He's absolutely incredible, this guy. And, 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 you know, we always talk about grip and how, you know, you know for what you do how important your fingers are and hands. But for stones, if you don't have fingers, you don't lift stones. I don't care how much you deadlift. And we got talking about, you know, this, that, the dinny rings, how to pull. But Mark says over and over and over, he believes the big, huge trap bar, regardless if you're lifting it from the ground, yes, but he believes the holds have made his fingers like darts and he can lift anything. Um, I think you've got a hell of an opportunity here, especially at 23, to get back yeah. into the strongman stuff and maybe, you know, you add a few things or maybe you go on a strongman slash rack program for six months because, you know, I always felt not only was the deadlift like he was talking about, I always liked like a one-arm uh, farmer's walk. I never do two arms. I always do one arm. Why? Because I want to put a big load on the, on the side of the oblique that's empty. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with uh, maximum hit with tires either. But I also don't think that you need, like most people, 101 different things to do. I think if you lay it down, because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care if you're 23 or 50, that rack will kick your face in, man, if you're doing it right. And you're going to need time to recover. Now, there's always a great thing we'll do here sometimes is we'll do the rack work and then one strongman movement, and that's it. Because if you're out there doing, as we said before, and I know you're not, but I'm using this as an example. If you're doing this stuff for a five-hour workout, I would give you maybe three workouts max between the two of them made it together. It will break you and grind you right through the ground. So go ahead and comment on any of that. Yeah, I tell you, you know, you mentioned uh, earlier on something about influence, and Corbin, I think, is a little too... Uh, uh, I'm modest to admit it, but I've seen a lot of his friends. I've seen the influence that he's had on them. And, you know, he's he's constantly got friends coming over to lift and uh, and just commenting on, hey, you know, like there's the one kid, you know, you saw that uh, you hadn't seen since high school. You know, that had kind of taken your lead and, you know, was really influenced by by him to you know start lifting and working out and to lose weight and and people notice people notice what you do as a young man. You know, when you're when so many young men today, I think are are as as we talked about earlier. You know, just kind of bring it back to that for a second. So many young men are kind of floundering without a lot of direction. They see somebody that does have direction. That's that does have a goal in life that something that they want to achieve people are drawn to that and people oh, yeah. take inspiration from it and people think oh yeah i know that guy if he can do it you know maybe i can't too and i i think that's one of the biggest messages is even if you're not out you know preaching and crusading people see what you're doing people see what you people see the path that you're forging down and usually if you're forging down it alone you're leading and people want to follow that, and people want to take inspiration and, and draw from that. No, I, I totally agree. You know something? There's an old saying, and it rings true. 
You might not think it, but there's somebody always watching you. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, who you're doing it with. And that's one of the things I know just from being a business owner that you can never be perfect. But when you're out in public in places like that, you have to set an example. Because when you act like a buffoon, if you do, that, you know, everybody's got a phone with a camera. You know, you don't know where things like this could pop up later on and it could hurt you. My dad used to say all the time, you know, there's three things you never talk about. Obviously, your politics, how much you make, and your religion. But he also said another thing, too, is this, that you never want to bring shame to your name, period, your family's name. And you know something? I don't hear many people say that. Maybe they say it in the privacy of their home. But it is very important, especially with what you do, I do, everybody does, all right? I have I have a responsibility here because of not only the show and all the things I'm involved with to be the best example that I can be, period. There's nothing there's that's hands down. There's no debate for it. If I don't have anything good to say about somebody, I, I keep my mouth shut. Another thing you need to learn to do is stop complaining. Because complaining is another thing that's going to override any of the good things you want to do in your mind. And people say, well, geez, you know, you can't. Yes, you can. Because here's another thing, folks. People don't want to hear your complaints. I'm telling you right now, everybody thinks they care. They don't care. They don't care. The main thing is to keep your mouth shut and go and do the things you want to do. Go find something that inspires you. Listen to something that inspires you. And more than anything, go out and do it. Go out and, you know, work from 7 at night to 2 in the morning. You know, and don't tell me i got to get my sleep. i got news for you. Entrepreneurship alone, you need to sleep and you need to take good care of you. But while everybody else is having fun, I've missed many, many things in the last four years. But you know what? I'll get to where I want to get, and then I've got the rest of my life to go and do whatever I want. But see, that will never stop because this is, this is me, DNA. Um, we're getting near the end of the show, but I want to bring Corbin in. Um, Corbin, obviously, you know, you're doing the right things. You've definitely got a father that definitely cares and loves you, obviously, and wants the best for you. But you obviously know it comes down to you doing it. I mean, your dad can't lift your weights. Your dad can, you know, give you encouragement. You can go to him for advice, et cetera, et cetera. But... Now that we're coming to the end of the show, obviously, I go to your dad. Um, what do you feel? We talked about role models just now with your dad. People look up to. Are you a, a man that people look up to? Obviously, your friends do. But do you feel, are, are, when you're out there in the real world, do you carry yourself as a man, as a man with his head up, you know, looking straight ahead, not afraid to be friendly to people, um, give advice when asked, or just strike up conversations. Tell us about that. What do, you, what do you feel at your age right now, your capabilities out there in the real world? Yeah, I, absolutely. I feel like I do. I carry myself, and I feel like I take leadership roles in almost everything I do. Yep. Uh, whether that be like my normal jobs that that I I have, you know, mm-hmm. and also with lifting so I, I i try to give people as much advice as i can you know yeah 
I, I think I think that's what you need to do. We need more young men like you out there talking about what we're talking about today because, as we said, your dad and I especially, that there's an awful loss, there's an awful lot of people that are lost. I'm telling you, I've never met anybody that didn't come over here that was apprehensive that, well, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that because they've been taught to have preconceived emotions about everything. You know, it's not going to work, I never tried it, I tried it and failed. Well, I got news for you. That is not going to happen here, okay? That's not going to happen. Um, but I, I, I thank you for being on, Corbin. We'll we'll get into this more at the end of the show when I give the end. But, uh, Mark, summarize your end, too. Um, hang on the line, both of you. Let me give out my info, and we will sign off for, day, for today, please. Yeah, I tell you, you know, you're talking about people coming over and being apprehensive. I tell you, if there is a magic bullet, this is it. Yep. This is uh, it works all the time, every time. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen in, in both my sons, you know, people that, um, that are examples and I've tried to be an example to them. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the, eh, what's the words I'm looking for, I guess is I think that's one of the best ways to lead is for them to see what you do and not what you say all the time, you know, we're oh, yeah. people sometimes and, and it just, I, I I try to live my life in a matter that you know they can look and 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 know how to lead theirs. Yep. Um, so it's a never-ending journey, and you know no matter how old they get, they're always going to be my sons, and I'll always uh, love them and be an example to them, and they'll always be an inspiration to me and the reason I do a lot of the things that I do. So, Well, I'll tell you one thing. Not only do you have uh, sons that are very lucky to have you, um, this is the way it should be. Um, men should be teaching their sons and daughters no matter what. Um, and the reason why we've hit upon these subjects so hard and the same way with the manly men's movement is the lack. And no man such a young man who's so confused and is told usually if they're just being brought up by their moms which is very hard because if you go out and look at the studies most of these young men are beta males and I know we go with alpha and beta but here's the thing when you're being constantly fed that you know it doesn't matter it does matter you know this is one thing that I'm having a hard time with right now especially is we know this is going on too. They don't want a differentiation of male and female anymore. All right. Well, I got news for you. The plumbing is going to tell you that right there. And this is why we are so hell bent on doing this. And we will be out. I guarantee you, not only when we go live here, but we will be out speaking in front of large groups of people. Why? Because I want to. And I know many people whether they're on the other side of the ocean or here, that are all up for it. And there's going to be many, many more things coming out, product-wise and everything, because this will never go away. And as we complicate the world more and more, um, we are really losing our grip on a lot of these things because they're constantly being bombarded with, it's not important. It is important. You can still text. You can still go out on Instagram, you can do all that, but know this, 
there is a difference in sexes, okay? There is a difference in how a man thinks as opposed to a woman. And to think that we can just take everything and lump it together and everybody's going to be happy, no, because I can tell you from my DNA, you'll never convince me of that and you're never going to tell me this, that, and the other thing because I know better. We've evolved forever. This is in our evolution, in our DNA, in our minds, okay? You can't change that. I don't care how many times you're being told this, that, and the other thing. Eventually, either you're going to break out and figure it out on your own, or you're going to have the luxury of people like Mark and Corbin and myself that are going to get you interested and do that one shot through the brain where you're going to be like, holy, where have I been for the last 20 years? So that's the that that's what it is. But this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Um, Winners and Champions, Inc., best product to date. Right now, all I have to do is get a good day, and you'll see etched in stone for men out. This product is smoking, literally. I can do anything with it with you. You want to lose weight? You want to get in super shape? You want to get super strong, not to only lift heavy, but to graduate to stones and sandbags. Blow your mind what we do with this, and it is so simple. I've worked this on people, especially weight loss is absolutely incredible. And when you see this product, it's all written up. I just got to film it. Uh, we haven't had many sunny days here lately. When we can get a good day, it will be filmed. But this is a product I won't put up on the site You'll have a link when it's purchased because I am not going to give this product away. And the way I am doing it, it would be a freebie. Not going to do that anymore. Those days are done. I will help anybody, but I am not going to give away all my hard work that I've done. It's the same way when there's some video that comes out with these mashing middies. I don't care who you are. When you see this stuff and you're going to see the weights that are moving all the time, you're going to be like, it's the same way with the stone. This is the goal of mine. You want to talk about goals? Obviously, I got to get that monkey off my back from Iceland. I want to move that Husafell stone and lift it off the ground so fast that when I get home, drop the stone and put my arms up in victory, yelling full sterker, that you'll say, I, 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 we got to watch the film because I saw you do it. I can't believe how fast it was. I blinked my eyes and you were back. That's, that is the role of a champion and a winner. Think about all that. Also, too, prosperity consciousness. As I said, great to help, great to give. We got over 800 shows already in a little over three years. But if you go out and read about prosperity consciousness, it is not a healthy thing to give, 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 and not receive. That's why I would like you to go out and read that page. And if you would like to donate, we would greatly appreciate that. Because you are making an investment. This is not just some fly-by-night companies. This is 30 more years, all right? And it costs a lot of money to do things, and I don't have to go into that anymore. But anything you would like to give to the companies would be greatly appreciated. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com, as we told you, slash category, slash podcast, this will be the second show I did with Mark, and we have Corbin now. Uh, welcome to the family. Um, this is what it's all about, but there's a lot of information. There's no way you can't get started with anything 
when you listen to us. I mean, there is an encyclopedia of knowledge there. It's free. You can go out and do it. Go out and look at it. Come on in. Donate when you like it. If there's something you like about it, donate to the company. Buy Winners and Champions, Inc. There's no theory here. Everything I put out, I'm either doing or have done or will do again. Who, who's doing that out there? That's what I want to know. Who? I know some names, but who? Tell me. Also, too, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Also, go out to our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company. Real men, real strength, real power. Don't forget about the manly men's movement on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Never apologize for being a man, my friends out there. Never. Also, too, you can get a free consultation with me. 518-894-4450. 518-894-4450. The same way with advertising with M&M. We thank Donnie and Frank DeMeo. They are the first. We've got a couple insurance companies now inquiring here. It's all taking off. And uh, Monday will be the biggest guest we've ever had on the show as far as following, which could really be the final crack in the wall of M&M to hit millions of listeners uh, and that brings in a lot of money here because contrary to what mo- people think about money it's all bullshit money offers solutions money grows this company money enriches my life and your life and I'll tell you right now try to live without it try to live without it and try to run successful companies I'm not talking about million dollar companies here I'm talking tens of millions of dollars here Leaving a legacy that keeps going when I'm long gone, that's what you should be thinking of. Not, oh, I just want to be an entrepreneur because it's sexy. Good luck. It's just like all these guys and girls have come to me and said, I want to start a podcast show. Can you help me? Well, I'll help you to a point, but then we're going to pay for that, all right? Because I built this whole thing on my own. Here's the deal. Podcasts, when they start, the majority of them die in 30 days. You have to have a work ethic. You have to be willing to dig in and eat dirt sometimes. That's what it's about. About rise, rise, rise to a new level. New level all the time. Also, too, if there uh, is a show you'd like Mark and I to do, and if you want Corbin, too, he's always welcome here. Um, You like the fathers and sons like we're doing? Um, Go out to Fiorella Barbell at NICAP.R.com. Also, um, iTunes and Stitcher, give us a five-star review. That's what we always get. We love it. Uh, We thank you for it. If you want to get us in your car, AHA Directory, that's AHA, M&M 24-7. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can inspire somebody to go to the biggest heights of their life. You never know what people are feeling or thinking. It doesn't take any time to say a couple kind words. In fact, it's going to help you too. As my mom said when we were kids, never be, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. As my mom used to say, you don't know what people are facing. That talk right there could have saved somebody. I don't say this lightly. Could have saved themselves from leaping literally off a bridge because they don't think life's got anything for them. They have no fulfillment and they have nobody. And the worst thing is they just don't think highly of themselves. And I guarantee you, if you ask nine out of ten people, they'll tell you they don't think they're worth anything. That's a very critical thing 
to really help people with and think about. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, squat it, uh, pull it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. The great Hoosa Steel Stone here says in blood red domination. We are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. Don't ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's just going to get bigger and bigger, brother. And congratulations on your business. It's nice to have another entrepreneur added to M&M. Also, too, Frank Klein, my greatest college professor in business. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, who we lo- who will have be four years. We lost him to cancer in August. He'd walk every patient in the door no matter what and say, keep smiling. Say that to yourself, best or worst day, or walk around saying it. What a mind shift you'll have. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends about us. Push this show out. Pass it out to people. I'll tell you right now, we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Remember this. This is what matters. Be part of our family. Be part of the revolution. We need you and you need us. Believe me. Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We got your back and we believe in you. And how many people would ever, ever say that to anyone nowadays? Now, before we sign off, I'm going to read this and it will be quick. But this is very important because Steve is a great guy and we pray for Steve. Milo, April 1996, Volume 4, Number 1, If a Tree Falls by Steve Jack. If a tree falls in the forest, are you man enough to move it? By the end of the first week of medieval lit, I knew I was in trouble. All I could handle the term papers and most of the old English. I was, however, having trouble relating to my classmates. We'd read legends of heroic knights and warriors, epic poetry of steadfast seafarers, and yet, when class dismissed, they'd prance to the sweet shop for coffee and cream puffs, while I, frothing at the mouth and battle-ready, would bolt to the nearest field to throw hammers and stones. Why? I was inspired. Inspiration is not a passive word. It's built on a Latin root for spiritus, which from which we get spirit, and literally means breath or inhale. Yogis and pearl divers aside, there's not a lot to be gained from holding one's breath. I believe it is equally futile to stockpile one's mental arsenal and never wage war. Now back to our tree. It seems to have fallen and blocked your path. Some will no doubt stand around quibbling as to whether it actually made a sound. How about you? And the picture of Steve is... Steve Jack lifts one after the other, the two blue stones of Old Daly, Carrick, Scotland. Um, you heard some great stuff today. That stone, that tree story is incredible, and you really need to give that some thought because you can equate that to your whole life. Mark Corbin, thank you. Welcome to the family, Corbin. Um, a great show. I look forward. We'll get you on after your powerlifting meet, um, and we'll go over that and some of the things you've noticed and maybe the growth you've 
found in yourself even a few months from now. But I thank you both for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are welcome, both of you. So, from Mark and Corbin Boggs, this is Eric Fiorello. We thank you for listening. As I always say, never apologize for being a man, but also this. Life is expecting something from you. It's not the other way around. You have an opportunity every day to go out and do something magnificent. Don't sit around and wait for it. Go out and make it happen. As I said, this show should be up either Monday or Tuesday, but we will have both gentlemen on again in the future, and we will have Mark and myself too. Um, Have a great weekend, everybody, and just think about your dreams. It is a lot of fun. Take care, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.